Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. I wanted to, I, I do want to preach to you about healing for just a few minutes. And uh, I, you could get your Bible out if you have it with you. Let's go to Matthew, excuse me, Matthew uh, 10. And I'm going to read a scripture here. I've been meditating on this for a long time, taught a lot on it too. And really I've got a lot of testimonies here I want to read to you. Just a a little snippet of all different kinds of people that got delivered, healed, had all kinds of sickness and disease. And God just, you know, heals them. So we need to keep ourselves in remembrance we have a healing Jesus. I, I like to say it this way, Jesus is in the healing business. And I'm not being mean to doctors and everything, but you know, I've been, I'm older now, and I've seen some of the stuff that people try to do, and I'm very grateful people tried to help, but some people just couldn't help us. And you know, God is not a doctor. God knows how to heal you everything. I'm not being critical or anything, but just... Uh, I know things I can't even tell you because you'd be offended about it, but I, I won't do that to you. But I just know that Jesus is our healer. We need to rest in him and trust him. You need surgery. You've got something critically wrong with your body. You're either going to have to have real faith or die, you know, if you don't, if you don't get it God's from God. So I think I'm saying something real important. And there's lots of new diseases coming. I'm just warning you they're going to start pumping it our way, you know. I mean, the media. <laughs> they'll make something seem like it's a major thing that's really not. I went through all kinds of skirmishes in the United States and didn't even know I went through it. I just didn't pay attention to it. I didn't pay attention to the media. You know, I, I want to be rough, but I'm, I'm too tender right now to be mean. Right. I just know how humans are. You know, Not you, but somebody else, of course. Here in Matthew 10, uh, this is interesting here. Uh, and verse, let me read verse uh, 1, and then I'm going to read verse uh, 8 and 9. Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted. Remember, we talked about impartation this week. I don't remember what night. He imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. We're going to read stuff like that, especially where it says every sickness and every disease. Even if I don't even know what to call that, you know, we can just keep you know, doing that. And I, you just need to get a hold of that, that you have authority as a disciple over every sickness and every disease. And if you need help, be smart, pray, and ask God to send you to the right doctor. And, you know, if you go to a doctor and he, he don't measure up, drop him. Drop her. And the work's not going to end because you quit going to that doctor. But you've got to figure out where you fit in there with people's ideas sometimes and make a decision. Listen, you're in charge. The church is in charge. And that's you. I don't mean the building here, but you. You and I are the church. We don't have to be mean. We just need to be right. And God tells you to do that. You just step away and go somewhere else and get some help or whatever you need to do. You've got to be adaptable. It's, it's here in the earth. It's here in us like Pastor Luke did a great job on the offering. Wow, what a great teaching. What a great teaching. And Pastor Keith, I didn't even get a chance because I was, had an appointment for lunch with some of my other sons, my Mexican cartel over here. I'm sorry. The, 
<laughs> Come to my house. I'll fix you. Oh, yeah. I did my imitation of, you know. Yeah, anyway. But Pastor Keith, you were excellent today. I don't know if I got a chance to tell you that. When they were all around you, you know, you the, the, the groupies were all over you. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Very good teaching and Dennis, outstanding, all of you. And I know all the rest of you could have done just as good, but I'm not trying to have a preacher's rodeo. After out of gate seven comes and out of gate three comes, you know, and I don't know, I'm of the opinion, you, you can't overdose on the word, but I, some meetings are flesh killers. And if you get tired, you won't receive anyway. You won't remember it. You won't be thankful for it. And I try to cut out all the extra stuff and still have a meeting. So I try to do that the best I can because people could just go on and on and on. What really got me thinking this way, um, I don't know how many years ago that was, maybe 10 or 12, 15. Dennis was with me, Pastor Dr. Hannibal sitting here. And I was in a nation in South America. And, uh, you know, I'd been in my hotel since 2 in the afternoon and sent a driver for us at about 6.30. Took us to the church. And the praise and worship just went on and on and on and on forever. And then when the pastor got up, he's a smart man. He knows what he's doing. But he saw all of his friends from the city. Brothers Jose, come up and share what God's doing in your church. And he got up and took 35 minutes. He has no regard for anything else but himself right there. And then two other people. It's a true story. I'm not mad about it. I just prefer not to go back here unless God tells me I have to. So I got, it, I got to the church at 7. And by the time they introduced me, it was 9.40. And I got up and started for about five minutes. I looked at the congregation. They're wore out. I'm wore out. And I said, listen, I love you, but I'm going home. You people wore me out. Driver, get the car. Dennis, meet me at the door. We're heading to the hotel. And they had buses to catch there. A lot of people in that nation, they don't all have vehicles like we have. And, you know, so, you know, just had to cut, to, cut it to the chase because people get wore out. So we try to keep minimal other stuff that isn't critical. So Jesus, in part, he's still imparting authority to us to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. Have you seen every sickness and every disease taken care of? I haven't personally, but I'm working on it. Working on it daily. You should study healing and faith. I don't care who you are and what you do for a living, who you live with or how many kids you got or whatever your deal is. You've got to study faith and healing if you're going to make it. If you, well, I know about the end times, and I know, and you're going before me because you don't study healing. The devil's whole plan is just to get you off the planet. We don't have any welfare for you at all. He just wants to get us out of the, out of the deal. But anyway, this is the Passion Translation. I think the gentleman did a great job on it. Uh, verse 8, you must continually bring healing to lepers. And to those who are sick, you could just read it. You must continually bring healing to the sick. So I think about that every day. And I think about where I'm at. And, and sometimes, you know, I have wonderful experiences with people sometimes I didn't know. I don't know where I was at somewhere shopping recently. And I don't remember where I was at, some, some business. I wasn't trying to talk out of turn or nothing. Somebody asked me something. I started talking about my ministry and talking, talking about a healing that happened in a meeting over here somewhere. And that lady waited on me and said, that really happened? I said, yes, ma'am, it did. I don't lie about stuff. Yeah. 
She said, that's wonderful. I said, I know it is, isn't it? Jesus is still healing people. So anyway, you must continually bring healing to lepers, or we might say, you know, to the cancerous people or people whatever, AIDS, all that, you know, whoever's got that, and to those who are sick, and make it your habit. This is so important to me, habit. It's not something you just did every once, every 10 years, your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. I can't tell you the amount of people we've got seen free. They weren't demon possessed, but they were strange acting and strange in their thinking, strange in their body because they'd let the devil in. Maybe they didn't realize how they opened the door. But if there's a door open, the devil will find it. And said, freely you received the power of the kingdom and freely release it. So I'm always conscious that I need to continually teach about healing because it's so valuable for people to know they can be healed. And you need to go over it and over it and over it, you know, in your personal life, just like I do. And do you ever have problems? Of course, I sometimes have symptoms or something, and I, I deal with it scripturally. That's what I do. Amen. Right? All right, let's go to the New Testament here in Matthew for a minute here. Matthew 14. I'm not going to preach forever. I really aren't. But I, I just think it's important. You hear, even, let's say it this way. You don't have any symptoms. You're doing great. You're healthy. You're strong. That's wonderful. But you're not the only person here tonight. And secondly, you have to continue to rehearse these things because you don't automatically get it just because me or anybody. You could just say Jesus, even if Jesus was here teaching. And really, he is in me. <laughs> and, it, and I know people say, well, it would be different if Jesus was here. No, wouldn't it be the same that you got? If you don't pay attention, you can't get it. And sometimes we think, we're just really smart, and we've heard something three times. You know, and I've already proven this. I told this story many times. I went to a church, first time I go, if I don't know the people. Unless the pastor is funny and different and odd, I say, he say, what could you teach? I said, I'd like to teach on angels if that's okay. Most of the time, they'd say yes. But, you know, and so I went to this one church and taught it the first time, used all my illustrations and everything like that. I mean, it's a good teaching. And nobody said diddly squat to me. You know what diddly squat means? Nothing. <laughs> nobody said, that's great, that's wonderful. I've never heard it like that before or anything. And I was there for maybe four or five services. I, I didn't get offended. I just thought, well, that's an odd reception. And then I thought, well, maybe they just never heard it before. Yeah. People are chewing and eating and thinking. And then they could be taught by somebody that I didn't know about from the radio or some other unbelieving preacher that teaches it totally backwards to the Bible. And so, you know, so I went back the next three or four years. I was invited back each year, and I taught something different every time. And then finally, about the sixth or seventh time I was going back, the Lord said, I want you to go back. Don't tell him. Don't tell them that you taught it there before. Just get up like you're introducing a new subject. So I did that, and the people went, they were just, they were just, I don't know, just beside themselves. They said, that's the best teaching I've ever heard on that subject said, I'm getting all kinds of revelation. I said, well, I'm glad you're getting something. And I didn't mention that I'd already said that before. Same scriptures, same illustrations. You know, you, you gotta get, you've got to get to a place where you're not ashamed to tell the same story over and over again. It is important that you do. <laughs> I was in the Dillard's a while back in the men's department. And the young man, there was an older man there, Jim. He's already retired. And then the, another man took over, Chris, 
And then he had like a, a helper when I came in one day. His name was Eric. And Eric's about 22 years old. Chris is probably 35. And so Chris is always asking me about demons, questions about devils and angels. So I just stand there and we talk back and forth. He's got a lot of questions. I said, listen, I got books on that. And if you would read them, and if you're not going to read them, I'm not going to bring them to you because I just wasted my book. <laughs> but if you're going to read it, I'll bring it to you. You don't have to pay me. Really? I said, sure. So I brought him the one on angels and the one on devils. And so this other new guy, Eric, he's hearing me talk to Chris. And he introduced me to Eric. And I said, hey, nice to meet you. And he, I could tell he was a sensitive young man. So and then I left, bought whatever I bought, paid, went to my car and went that way. Came back in about 10 days. I came in there. Chris wasn't there, but Eric was there, the younger guy. And I'm walking by the men's department. Hey, Dr. Jacobs, come here. And I went over to him, what's up? He said, you know you gave some books to um, Chris, and we keep them in the break room in the men's department back in the back, and we, and we go in there and read them occasionally. He said, you know, I was really depressed. I said, no, I didn't do that. He said, I read your book on deliverance, and I went, you have a whole chapter on depression. I read it and prayed over myself and got delivered. <laughs> and I said, that is why I wrote the book. <laughs> That's a great testimony. I just think that's really phenomenal. Hallelujah. I was glad he did get delivered. All right, Matthew 14 here, 34 through 36. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. This is Jesus and some of his people were with him. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him. Now, I like to say this. They had knowledge of who Jesus is, not just that Jesus is his name, but they had knowledge of him, what he could do what he had been doing. And they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. I think the Amplified Bible, I don't know if I wrote that in here somewhere. Uh, it says perfectly restored. So praise God, here's Jesus. And notice they, did, they just brought everybody that had disease. They didn't say, yes, yes, no, you don't deserve it. You can't have it. You know, they all got all the people they could that were sick, brought them to Jesus' meeting. And uh, it says that as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Man, that's powerful. Think about that. I don't know if there was 200, 2,000, or 27. I don't know. But whoever was in that group, there was healing available for every single person. Wonderful to realize that, you know. I want to be made perfectly whole. Does anybody here want to be made perfectly whole? We just got to stay with the word, keep going over these scriptures. And then, you know, you can make them part of your daily prayer time. Father, I thank you that you're making me perfectly whole. Well, I got a symptom in my right arm. Well, just say, Father, I thank you you're making me perfectly whole. That means all sickness, all disease, all pain, all infirmities, every weakness has to leave me. And the life of God, the anointing of God, the Spirit of God dwells in me to give me life. Life to every cell, every bone, every nerve, every organ, every function. And I say this, I say, Holy Ghost, I think you're really smart, so I'm just asking you to balance out everything for me. Hormonally or my blood or whatever I need. Yeah, praise God. So we're seeing here, they went around teaching and preaching. And let's take a look at uh, Matthew Nine, just a minute. Go back with me a few verses here, a few chapters to Matthew 9 and verse 35 here. We're going to move ahead quickly. It's not going to take all night. But I just felt like that was what God put in my heart. 
you know, you may notice that I kind of go different directions now in my life. I don't know if you realize that or not. You might, you might not. I don't know how observant people really are. But, you know, I used to could never do this. It would make a nervous wreck out of me as a teacher. So if you're a straight teacher, you couldn't do this. You'd just be flubbing it around. Uh, it makes you nervous, you know. But I've learned that's what God wants. He's not trying to make me nervous. He's trying to help me to be obedient. So I really pay more attention to him. And I think Brandon Thompson right over here. I don't know, several years ago, maybe five or eight, we had a mentoring class in the back. We had the mentoring and then had lunch. And he's sitting by me. He said, what's the difference now in your ministry as a prophet versus being a pastor and teacher? I said, well, that's kind of easy. When I was a, a teacher and a pastor, I always feel fiddling with my notes and always trying to learn a little more about something. That's a good, good thing to do. But now I find myself preparing myself for the meeting much more. Now, it isn't that I didn't pray before. I just didn't pray that much as I do now. But that's true of every area of my prayer life. I just realized praying in tongues is so critical, and most people never do enough of it to get settled on anything. I've watched men that I knew, and I even halfway respected some of them. And they were in four or five offices in two years of ministry. And you're going to die young doing stuff like that, especially if you don't better. Maybe he didn't know that. No, I just think he got restless. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of traveling ministries thought they'd settle down and pastor a church. They had no, uh, no grease to do that, no anointing, and they just tore people's lives up, tore their life up. Maybe died early because of that, because they got judged. They were in the wrong slot. Yeah. And then there's other people, you know, uh, they think they need to be on the road, and they get, they're really a pastor. You could do that if you got anointed to do both, but I don't know many that did, and I did it for 13 years, and God told me about Jordan. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with him two more years before I give the church to him. He said, you're going to be dead in two years if you keep doing this. Get him up this Sunday, put him up in front of the people. He's the pastor, you're not, and introduce him like that. You know, you say, did that bother you? No, I thank God. God saved my life. Amen. Yeah, I had, I had six assaults on my life in 2017. I never even talked about it hardly. I only knew of two of them, but I talked to God about it. He said there were six attempts. I said, oh, my gosh. Then I felt ignorant. He said, don't feel that way. I told you that angel in 208 that had the bow. Anybody know that story about the angel with the bow and arrow? I told you then in 208 he'd take care of all that. I said, yeah, you did. And I, I, I realize that now. But I only thought there was two attacks. Since I said something, to, you know, it's been trying to work against me to knock me out. So I just took authority over it and went on with myself. But he, he said he took care of all six of those events. He said, what difference would it have made, Michael, if you had 60 assaults and he took care of all 60? I said, praise God. Me. Anyway, praise the Lord. Where am I at? Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. That's the thing about healing. You have, to have, you have to have compassion on you with people, you know, that you're concerned for them, and you want them well, and you're trying to get them healed, and so forth and so on. And he said that uh, because, he said, 
on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Now, the shepherd helps keep you together in a local church, and that's critical that to do that. And sometimes, you know, I went to the hospital to pray for people. One lady, bless her heart, she'd had a tracheotomy, had to put her finger in her hole in her neck to talk to me, to cuss me out and give me the finger. You know, it was one of those deals that somebody knew somebody knew somebody knew somebody. Pastor, you ever have members that do you like that? You're not even sure what they're talking about. And, you know, somebody knew somebody knew somebody knew somebody. Well, they're in the hospital. So I went to, out of a good faith attitude to help this lady. And she's mad when I, who I told her I was. You know, I said, I came to pray for you. Well, what about Paul, Soren, and Job? I said, you have a few minutes? I'll deal with that. No, I don't. You get the blankety blank out of my room right now and give me the finger. So, you know, that wasn't a warm reception. And I left immediately. And I said, I'm sorry you feel that way. I could have helped you. So I went down my car, and then the Lord got on me. He said, don't stand there and take it when people cuss you out and give you the finger anymore. Just turn and leave immediately if they're going to be obnoxious to you. I said, chapter and verse. He gave me one in Proverbs. I'll let you find it. <laughs> leave the presence of a fool when you know they don't have words in them, the right words. But, but seriously, after I got done him straightening me out, I said, I'm concerned for this lady. She has no husband. She told me that. She's got two children. She just had surgery. She's got a hole in her throat to talk through now. She's got to put her finger in here so I could hear. And she's uptight about everything. I said, I'm going to pray you send somebody to help her, Father. He said, now you're talking. So I asked God to raise up. Well, I had a guy in my church, Bob Willie. He was a respiratory therapist in that hospital. And she had to have respiratory treatments every day. And he got on her good side. He led her to the Lord and got her healed. <laughs> anyway, praise the Lord. Let's, uh, let, let's talk about some things here. You with me still? Listen, God doesn't want us scattered. He, and you know, you've got to get over being offended because people act crazy sometimes in there. You know, we'll read you some healings we've had. I think it's interesting here. This lady says, I was in a service in 2015, Church on the Rock. Pastor Jacobs was a guest minister, so I must not have been this church. But the end of the message, he prayed for people and said by the Spirit, Someone here, you have had bad dreams, but these dreams have tortured you and troubled you, and I would like you to come up here. I knew it was me. I went up and Pastor Jacobs laid his hands on my head and uh commanded that that leave me come out and immediately I it all, all left and all the pressure left from my head left and it's still gone and I don't even think about those dreams anymore it's like when they even try to come it gets knocked somewhere in the head and gets away from me for the deliverance and help that I've received from Dr. Jacob so many times him hearing and obeying the Holy Ghost and flowing in the gifts that's Pastor Luke's sister, one of them, Elise. This is another lady. This was with the Owings Church. Her name is Sandy Riley. And I was up at their place. This was, I don't know what year this was. Maybe there's a date here. I don't see it yet. But anyway, she said she wanted to thank me for ministering to her at Pastor Mark Owings Church. That's just up the road about an hour. In 2018, there's a, there's a date. My name is Sandy, and this is my holy moment. For the past uh, year, I've noticed things happening in my body that were not right. And when I would look into the mirror, I would see shaking, 
that seemed to come out of nowhere and try to overtake me. That's pretty, uh, I'd say that's not good. You start shaking and stuff. And I would take authority over it and it would stop for a while and then it'd come back. And I told nobody about it. On Wednesday night, April 18, 2018, I stood before the prophet of God, talking about me. I was surprised when he commanded the shaking to stop. She wasn't even shaking right then and come out. And I felt something drain out of my feet. That's not the first person that told me that. <laughs> something comes out their feet. You never heard anything like that. There's lots you haven't heard. Listeners, it don't matter where it came out, just that it's out. But I just know several people that they said, one guy said some, something lifted him up off the ground, his feet, and something came out of his feet. He was had sickness in him, some kind of sickness. But she's talking about, I commanded that shaking to stop, and it came out her feet. It was wonderful that even now it's hard to put into words, I'm free. Thank you, Dr. Jacobs, for obeying God and the call upon your life. I just think it's interesting to read these things. Now, I'm not reading those so you think I'm great because I'm not the healer. But he lives in me. I'm not the deliverer, but I know who he is. And I know how to deal with devils. You know, I just know because I've done it for all these many years. And I quit being afraid of the devil. Yeah. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I've struggled with lung problems my entire life. I met this lady personally later, but she gave me this. Uh, it said, a few years ago, Pastor Jacobs was at a meeting in Merced, that's the Simons, and I was supposed to be hospitalized as all the emergency lung medications were not working for me. I knew I needed to be in church, and I refused to be admitted in the hospital. Now, you better know you're hearing from God or you're not quit breathing somewhere. You know, I'm just talking to you now about it. Their plan was to entube me, put a tube down my throat to rest my lungs. And by that, uh, whatever, I could not recline 10% back and I couldn't take a deep breath. So she's in pretty bad shape when you can't even get them back 10%. And she said, couldn't recline. And so I went to church that night, no medications, Pastor Jacobs called out specifically for a girl that could not take a deep breath. God wants to heal you. She said, I went up and was prayed for. And uh, well, let me see what that says here. And from that day forward, she got healed. Doctor, this is funny. Dr. Jacobs had me take a deep breath. I can't read that very well now. Right in church. <laughs> When she couldn't breathe, I just said, take a breath. And, and she said she was able to do that. This was a guy down in the church in Cookville, not Pastor Luke's, but Pastor McMichael's. And he was a sweet young man. I think he's 25 or 6 now. This happened a few years ago. When I was a junior in high school, I had nine cysts on my backside, on his rear end. It was very embarrassing and painful. And I know I'm going to read this. It said, yuck, yuck, yuck. But he said the symptoms were bleeding and pus. We decided to go to the hospital and get them removed. This way, this was late in 2014, and in December 2000, they had to cut them out. And in December 2019, the symptoms all came back, and we were ready to go to the hospital again, even though my faith was that it would be supernaturally healed. And I heard that Dr. Jacobs was coming in February, and I don't know who told him about me, and that, that was all I needed because somebody must have told him I minister healing to people. He said, I set my faith so that when I, I got faith and my prayers that when Dr. Jacobs laid his hands on me that I would be healed. 
And when he prayed for me, listen to this, I didn't feel anything. Now that should speak volumes to you and think you have to feel something. Uh, it don't matter if you feel something or not. You, you get, if you're in faith, it'll come to you. And then I tell people now in my meetings, I didn't before, but I do now, to help them understand. If you get prayed for by me, you need, if I release the anointing in you, you need to say the anointing of God's working in me. And the more you say it, the more it works with you. The less you say it, the less it works for you. I just know that's true. So I tell people, you need to say it all the time. And it'll fulfill itself if you say it and stay with it. You know, and said I didn't feel anything, but I, I kept my faith up, and the next day I had no symptoms, and everything was gone. Then he says, this was a supernatural miracle. I met him and talked to him about it later. It's interesting here. You still listening? I just think this is interesting. And, you know, I'd say only one in ten ever fill out one of these. It's not to boast my ego. I know that God healed if they got healed. But, you know, I'm trying to help people to start express it, write it down, tell your friends and stuff about it, and rejoice in it. Amen. And if you're thinking you're going to wait till you feel better to tell it, then just don't tell it. It probably won't get better. Even though we prayed in faith for you. But I've got to have somebody receiving on that end. I'm the one ministering and they're the one receiving. It doesn't matter to me if you get, you know, fall down and something. That's not it. But I would like people to receive. A lot of things distract people from receiving. Some people want to talk through the whole prayer line. Yeah. Or, you know, the, sometimes I was in Mexico at their church one time. We had about 50 pastors there that one time. And one of the wives of the pastor, she is slobbering and snotting and everything else. And she's screaming. I'm in a prayer line to minister to her and her husband. I told the, I don't know who was interpreting. I said, tell her to be quiet. And he ignored me. I said, tell her to be quiet. You know what I'm saying. Tell her to be quiet. And he went, so I grabbed her by her shoulders and went, stop it. She looked at me, and the whole congregation hated me for the next 10 minutes. And the reason I did that, what do you think I did that for? Do you know? Because that's going to interfere. You cannot, you can't gargle peanut butter sandwich and talk to me. You're going to choke to death. <laughs> and if I had something, and I explained it to her very simple, if I had something to say to you, I'd have to slap you. To get you to quit making such a deal, yeah. get her some Kleenex. Yeah. Now, honey, you can cry all you want when I'm done or before then, but when I'm right in front of you and I may get something to change your life and you're just all out in that land of woe is me, not making fun of people, but sometimes you have to make fun of the way they think about it because they have no protocol. You know, God works in atmospheres, and if he don't like your atmosphere, he's not going to come to your home. You can forget it. I mean, he's in you, but he's not manifesting anything. You know, if you're just too busy, you don't have time to talk to him about anything, you don't ever pray or worship him. I know you do do that. I'm just giving you some examples. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty smart. I'm just telling you what I've learned over a long time. I've made all the same mistakes I'm telling you not to make. All right. Let's see here. This person, let's see. March 2022, I started having horrible nightmares, and every night... When I went to sleep, and prior to this, I'd never had any issue with nightmares and normally had no trouble sleeping. These nightmares seemed to last all night and were very disturbing, and I often felt shaken for over an hour after waking up the next morning. Now, that's pretty serious. When the devil can rattle your cage and you're awake, but you still feel troubled and you, you can't even get it together for a while. I told Dr. Jacobs about these dreams, and he laid his hands on me and prayed a prayer of deliverance. 
then uh, since I have not had another nightmare. He also recommended that I read his book, How Far Does the Blood Go? I did, and I believed it helped me stay free as I pled the blood over my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like this. I'm just trying to help you see there's healing for all of us. This, this is a young, I think this was at your church, Pastor Randy, and a lady named Deborah Gentry. I think she's the mother of the, her daughter. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. This took place in July of, well, in 2018, my 14-year-old daughter was diagnosed with scoliosis. Dr. Jacob prayed for her in August 2018. That was the next month at the Word of Church of Life, Columbia, Kentucky. The following May, she went in, June 19, went into an orthopedic doctor for a possible back brace. They did new x-rays were taken and showed she no longer had scoliosis. And doctor said the curvage had straightened out to totally and today she's 18 years old and has a perfectly straight spine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. I think this is from Joe Luder. Is he here tonight? Joe and Liz? Somebody keeps pointing back. Oh, hello, Joe. <laughs> this was Joe Ruder. Let's see, this is 2003. He was diagnosed with hepatitis C. Which is the same thing that I had later in my life, you know, like, because he had been a drug user too. The doctor explained to me that hepatitis C is a blood virus which affects the liver and other organs with no present cure medically. He explained it could be fatal. After a review of my past, he concluded that I had contacted the virus through an intravenous drug abuse. And the doctor's recommendation was immediate treatments of in inferon, which is equivalent to chemotherapy. I shared my faith with him and told him I believed God would heal me. God had already delivered me from alcoholism and drug addiction. And the doctor set me up a liver biopsy and scheduled inferon treatment. I was sure that God would make a way and would not have to go through all that. After hearing this report, I came to pastor, that was me at the time, and asked you to pray for me and agree with me that I would be healed. You laid hands on me and prayed the prayer of faith. And you pled the blood of Jesus over me and gave me scriptures to stand on. Joel 3.21, it's a great scripture. If you know anybody that's got any kind of blood problem, Joel 3.21 says, I will cleanse their blood that wasn't cleansed. So if you'll pray that over people, God will move in there and start cleansing their blood. Yeah. And that's not all of it. Let's, let me read on here for a minute. And he said, he began to pray those every day. Now I was taking a stand and believing God, although it looked in the natural that the symptoms had grown worse. I was attacked with fatigue, mouth sores, which caused my lips to swell and bleed, pain in every tissue and organ of my body. I was bedridden for two weeks, during which time I listened to your healing tapes and CDs, and faith came. My wife and I uh, would not settle for anything other than a total victory. Now, see, right there, you hear them, they're digging in their heels. Yeah. That's a good thing to do, too. Yeah. Within two weeks, they started to move. Things started to move. And my healing began to manifest. I went back to the doctor to get the results of the liver biopsy, after which I would begin the inferon treatment. I looked at him and, gave, and said, give me your news, news, doc. He said, you're the luckiest man on earth. And, and he said, no, I'm not. I'm blessed or something like that. Anyway, there's no trace hepatitis C in your blood anymore. And then he said, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. He said, wherever you're doing, keep doing it. So it was just precious that people getting healed of that. Hallelujah. You're not bored, are you? 
I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. Whether I pray for it or not or not is not the question. I maybe have the two other guys that preach pray for you if you need something. Or I might pray too. I don't know. But just let me read a few more of these. They're interesting. I have about two or three hundred of these now. But anyway, I keep them in little bundles with a rubber band and take them to a meeting. And sometimes I'm not able to read that much because the time gets away. But this was from a young lady in my church here. She's here tonight. We are not mention her name. But on September 23rd, I went to the doctor to talk to them about some issues I've been having in my body for a while. I was told there was a strong possibility that I had something called polycystic ovary syndrome or PCOS and the initial blood work confirmed that possibility. I was also told that it would cause me to have difficulty having children in the future. So immediately I talked to Dr. Jacobs and started believing for my healing. In the Word and Spirit meetings, this was back when every year, 219 it says, uh, Dr. Jacobs laid hands on me multiple times. I went back to have my second blood work done on October the 7th and the Monday after the Word and Spirit meetings, I got a call on the 8th and they said my blood is completely normal. Everything is as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This lady, she's from, I think she uh, maybe goes to uh, the Miller's Church, Ju Julie Caputo. Did I say that right? And said that she had pain in both of her knees. And I was over there and I, I called that out. And somebody, and she said I, she needed total knee replacements in both knees. That's what she says here. Before I came to the church, and I had a word and she got in line. And that I was, and then I ministered to her, and she said, um, after I was prayed for, I could walk and walk without pain. There was, and then four years ago, uh, I'm still pain free. After four years, she's still pain free, and have not needed any knee replacements. Yeah. Okay. There's another person. I don't know. Let me see where they're from. Illinois, Amboy, Illinois. Is that anywhere close to you? Okay, Andrea something. I don't give the last names on it. You know, it's not anybody's business. But anyway, uh, but you prayed for back pain, and I received my healing. That right after that, I'd been in pain constantly for twenty-one and a half years. Wow. I read it at first, and I didn't read it right, and I thought two and a half years—that's still a long time. But then I read it again. There's a one in there after the two, and a one half. When I was seven months pregnant, I went over to pick up a sock. It don't sound exciting right then, or it doesn't seem damaging, but she said I chipped a vertebrae in my back when I did that and had to wear a maternity brace the rest of my pregnancy. And the doctor wanted to do surgery, but I never went for that. And I just dealt with my lower back having a bulging disc and my hips being out of whack and a burning a feeling all the time and walking with a limp until I got up into my morning and eventually that pain would subside. It says after working or lifting anything, but now there's no bulge, uh, no limp, no pain, and my hips are even, and my neck quit popping even when she got healed. And she, didn't, she just said like that's just a flowing thing anyway. Praise the Lord, I'm just about done. I just like to think that Jesus is healing people. Starting to have occasionally somebody gets healed just sitting in the congregation. I think over at Dr. Cody's church, there's a guy there. It did something to his finger, and he had a cadaver bone put in his finger, and it never was normal. Is that you? 
yeah, you came and got me after a service and told me that. I'm going to read your testimony. I think, no, I don't have your testimony. I just remembered that about you, though. Good to see you again. Your hands, your fingers still work right? Yeah. Great God. Anyway, I, this is another, his other sister, Pastor Luke and Jonas. I was diagnosed, Rochelle is her name. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she's a nurse practitioner, so she's pretty up on the treatments and stuff. Diagnosed with breast cancer 2010, I think that's what this is. And I was very upset before they took me to surgery to operate on me, only to remove a soft section for diagnostic purposes. My brother Luke, Pastor Luke over here, bought a prayer cloth that Dr. Jacobs and him had prayed over to receive healing. I placed it on the side of my cancer, and I instructed the nurse not to remove it for any reason, and they left it on the entire time. Two weeks later, I had a nuclear study that revealed no cancer. To God be the glory. I was thrilled I had no radiation, no chemotherapy, and no mastectomy. Only the power of God, she says. <laughs> that's, that's a good room. And I love to read this next one, this young lady. She seemed so sweet, and I'd been up in New York preaching two years in a row. I don't think I've been back for quite a while, but she's a young lady. I think she says she's 30 here, but I'll read it and tell you what happened to her. My name is Maureen Mueller. I'm 30 years old and been saved a little over two years. I've had depression most of my life and have been on Prozac since I was 25 years old. And at 29 years old, Dr. Jacobs came to my church, uh, you know, living something, family church, and laid hands on me. And since then, I've been free from depression and Prozac. Now, see, and I asked her, I said, well, I didn't tell you to throw away your medicine, did I? No, you did not. But you quit taking it immediately? Yeah. And you had no symptoms? Didn't have a meltdown? Nothing happened? Yeah. So, so I'm on an airplane going somewhere. The guy comes in, he sits down, you know, he looks at me, he goes, what do you do for a living? I'm a preacher, what do you do? He said, I'm a pharmacist. I said, I've been looking for you. <laughs> and he looked at me, look, I don't know you do. I said, no, but I want to ask you a pharmaceutical question. He said, I own three pharmacies in California. We were headed that way. I said, young girl got my prayer line, I'm a preacher, and I ministered to her about depression. She said she'd been on Prozac since she was 25. She was 29 when this took place. And she just took herself off cold turkey. And somebody told me that that isn't reasonable. That would, she would have a meltdown. Is that accurate? She said, absolutely. It'd take 12 weeks to back her off. No matter how much she, how much she put in her body, see, her body was used to that after four years. And it makes you have a, like a nervous breakdown mentally because you've had all these chemicals in your brain making you feel a certain way, and all of a sudden you're depleted. I said, well, that's what she said. And he said, well, you know, I'm not a preacher. I'm a pharmacist, but I think the second miracle is even better than the depression one. I said, can I quote you on that? You can quote me on that. <laughs> he had three pharmacies. You ought to know something about it. Yeah, I'm just about done. I got these two here. This is a, a lady. Uh, I don't know. She, I don't think she's in my church now, but she was for many years. And a gentleman. And they both had HIV. They were positive for it. And I read to them, Joel 3, 21. I will cleanse their blood that's not been cleansed. So I prayed that over those people. They weren't married or anything, two different families. One's a lady, one's a uh, man. And here it says they, she was, they go, she had to go into a blood load or something at this pharmacy, at this uh, hospital. 
and it said they were looking for uh, numbers on the blood, and it says here, at last chance, not, not detectable anymore. And the same thing for the gentleman. Everything is normal. These are reports from the blood lab from the hospital. So, you know, your blood will tell a lot of people a lot about you. <laughs> anyway, I just thought you'd like to hear some of that. You know, and I'm not the healer, but he works with me, and I appreciate that. He works with me. Let me read one scripture, and I'm going to close. And Luke 5, let's go over there just a moment and uh, look at a verse here or two. I'm going to put all this up here. Luke chapter 5, I, I think let's go to verse 17 here. And it came to pass on a certain day, uh, let me see, this is Jesus here ministering. He was teaching, and there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. See, and that's why I read all these testimonies and used a few scriptures in the beginning. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. See, when you talk like that and you begin to share even testimonies, I think it's the book of Revelation says the spirit of prophecy is, is a testimony. You begin to prophesy how God healed you or what happened. And I appreciate people writing stuff down that for me, but I think it's just about one in ten that really turns something in for me to see it. And I appreciate it. I mean, and the way that the reason I do that anymore, you know, the Lord, I'm teachable. And I was down in uh, Lima, Peru, preaching on uh, redemptions by the blood. And uh, I told about a lady in Indiana, not, not here, but some other city I went to, and she had scoliosis really bad. I prayed for her, and she fell on the floor, and I began to come down this way in the prayer line from over there. down. And the Lord said, turn around and look at her. I looked at her. She's about 15 feet from me. There's an angel straddling her like this, her body. He reached straight into her belly, went back to the tailbone area and grabbed her tailbone and went like that, one jerk. I was in the spirit, so I saw her all the bones lined up. It didn't make this sound, but that's what happened. It just lined it up straight like that. I've seen him do that several people. So I'm telling that in Lima, Peru. 1,200 people were there. Dennis, you were there in that meeting with me. And a lady from Canada was in the meeting with her husband. She got in the prayer line. You know, I don't remember who I even prayed for. You know, there's a lot of people. But the next day I come in this meeting from the back, and I'm making my way to my seat. And a lady starts saying, Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Jacobs. So I stopped and looked and I said, yeah, what do you need? I got to get to my seat. The bell's going to ring. <laughs> and she said, no, I was in your prayer line last night, but you gave a testimony of a lady in Indiana that had scoliosis really bad. And that angel straightened her spine. And she thought to herself, she, I thought to myself, well, if that angel would heal that lady's spine, he could heal my spine. And then she said what that one person said that said that had the... Um, tumors on his backside. He said, she said, I didn't feel a thing when you laid hands on me, but I went to the hotel. My husband's with me. I had a tumor on my back this big that radiated pain. My back went like this. I woke up this morning. The knot's gone. My spine's straight. My husband checked me. No pain. And I got healed. But she said, I probably wouldn't have came, but you told the story about another lady that got healed of what I had. So I responded for that reason. That just went off on me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that lady was not an angel. I'm not being critical, but I mean, it was a human being telling me that. But somehow God used that. It just affected me in a good way. 
I need to think about this so that I carry some of those ceilings with me and share them when I can. Because you never know who's here that needs whatever I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. Pastor, can you and Pastor Dennis pray for the people if they want something? Everybody stand up, please. And I'll ask the ushers to move this. And you come on forward if you need healing. And these two gentlemen that helped in the meeting this week, I've asked them to minister to you. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacobs' travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.